Hello, everybody. I'm Radio Johnny, and you're listening to Recovery Radio on KRFP 90.3 FM in Moscow, Pullman. Recovery Radio is recorded live at the Leitar Recovery Center located at 531 South Main Street in Moscow. You can contact the LRC by phone at 208-883-1045 or by email at leitarrecoverycenter at gmail.com. You can find them on the web at leitarrecoverycenter.org and on Facebook. Recovery Radio's purpose is to share with our community how addiction and behavioral health disorders affect us all and how we deal with them. We also share the personal stories of people in and around recovery, highlighting their experience, insight, and hope for continued recovery. And uh, we're going to run over the February calendar really quickly here. And uh, first off, harm reduction, safe sin. Harm Reduction Safe Syringe Exchange Supplies are available weekdays and by appointment. Recovery Coaching Peer Support, which can be done online by phone or call to schedule, weekdays by appointment. Vandal Recovery at the Center on the U of I campus, that's weekdays from 8.30 to 4.30. Alcoholics Anonymous every day at noon. Narcotics Anonymous every day at 7 p.m. Sexaholics Anonymous is Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from 8.30 p.m. and Saturdays at 9 a.m. Okay, re-entry support group with Miranda is Mondays at 6.30. AA Monday Men's Meeting is Mondays at 5.30. The AA Women's Meeting live at St. Mark's Episcopal Church and available on Zoom through our website is Mondays at 7.30. Recovery Peer Volunteer Meeting is the last Monday of the month at 6. Yoga with Twasi is Tuesdays at 1.30. Adult Children of Alcoholics is Tuesdays at 2.30 to 4 o'clock. And Grief Group meets the first Tuesday of every month at 5. The Board of Directors Meeting is the second Tuesday of the month at 3.45. And the public is invited. Vandal All Recovery Meeting at the Center on campus is Tuesdays at 6 p.m. The Events Committee meets Wednesdays at 2. New Volunteer Orientation is Wednesdays at 3. Overeaters Anonymous is Wednesdays at 5.30. Oscar Mike Vets Coffee and Conversations is Wednesdays at 6.30. Movie and Game Night Thursdays from 5 to 8. The Intern Meeting is Fridays at 2. All Recovery Meeting, live and on Zoom, is Fridays from 5 to 5.45. Yoga with Katrin is Fridays at 5.30. And Al-Anon, live and on Zoom, is Fridays at 8. And the Alcoholics Anonymous Sunday Morning Group meets at the Campus Christian Center, and that's Sundays at 9.30. And just so you know, we have free Narcan. Narcan is the opioid reduce, uh, hmm, the opioid uh, reversal drug and uh, it's available uh, through us if you have a need or know someone who does send them down to us and we'll get them set up and our zoom meetings are accessed by going to our calendar at lakerecoverycenter.org and clicking on the group name follow the instructions from there if you have a problem give us a call we'll help you out and we are getting ready very soon for our big annual fundraiser And we need your help. The fundraiser is uh, on March 1st, and it's both a breakfast and a dessert event. 
and we need table captains. The table captain's job is to invite seven of their friends to a free meal. During the event, we discuss our programs and ask for a donation. This year's keynote speaker is Rosie Andueza, the State of Idaho's Substance Use Disorder Single State Authority. And this is a fast-paced event that you'll be proud to be associated with. We promise you and your friends a great meal and an interesting program, and that's at the Best Western University Inn here in Moscow. And if you can help, email Daryl at LatawRecoveryCenter at gmail.com, and he will hook you up. I am Radio Johnny. I am a grateful recovered alcoholic, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and my partner in the studio is... Yeah, I'm Denise, and I'm a, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and also grateful to be um, in recovery today from addiction. Fantastic. And our guest in the studio today is uh, a friend of mine, and his name is Corey. Corey, welcome. Welcome, hey, Corey. Hey, everybody. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, your average old alcoholic drug addict that uh, somehow doesn't do that stuff anymore. So <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, why don't you uh, share with us, Corey, uh, kind of what it was like uh, in your addiction, uh, what happened to uh, turn the lights on for you, and, and what's what it's like now. All right. Well, thank, thank, thanks, Johnny, and uh, and thank you guys for having mm-hmm. me, uh, yeah, having me here. Yeah, glad you're here. It's, it's kind of crazy to think I'd be here. Uh, just before I get started, I just want to share a story. Like, um, you know, there was a time in my life where I was like, you know the the homeless guy walking around on the streets and uh man you know talk about a a rough time you know you got a you know, you're ser- searching for, you're always trying to get you know what you need to get through that day of food drugs staying warm and um man i just you know you're just getting stuck in my own head all i had with me was this little handheld fm am radio and i just listened to that thing constantly you know if they're you know, I definitely needed the things I needed to get through the day, but part of that was uh, was batteries. And I remember just listening, you know. Sometimes it was just right-wing, you know, just cra- crazy radio that I've never even heard since, you know, that actually kind of sounded like ads for an oil company. But, you know what I mean, just something to keep passing the time. And, um, you know, for, from that day, I always thought it would be kind of cool to, to have you know be on a radio show or something so this is like the first time i ever got to do something like that so that's that's kind of a weird you know just introduction you know i wasn't um i wasn't really like i didn't just like start out like all messed up you know i was a pretty just nor- normal kid but i would start getting in like little amounts of trouble at school like for some reason i uh i like traded a a four square ball on and recess for some kids cookies and i got in trouble for that i couldn't figure out why that was wrong you know i should be able to do whatever i want with my four square ball right it's this kind of it's this kind of attitude that just uh followed me through my entire life you know some 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 kid would do something that i didn't think was very cool so i'd push him it, it didn't seem like that big of a deal but it you know and i'd i'd, I'd keep going and i keep going doing all this stuff and I joined the wrestling team because my dad wanted me to be on the wrestling team just like he wanted me to be a baseball player. The problem was I wasn't very good at baseball, and I didn't really like wrestling. And I, um, It was about a freshman year in high school, and that's what I decided that I was going to live you know, entirely by my own rules. You know? <laughs> and, uh, 
and that's really when I started to, uh, you know, had the, had that first drink at a party. I, I forget the lady's house, but, you know, her, her parents were gone. And, man, that was the best Coors Light I think I ever drank. I don't think they ever tasted that good again. But, you know, it just I just instantly was getting in trouble. Uh, you know, get a have a have a drink. You know, this is it's kind of a crazy thing because I, I bring all this alcohol to a party and I get end up getting in really big trouble because somebody almost uh, drinks too much alcohol and dies. Like it's, it's all it's all fun and games. You know, having some having some uh, beers with your friends, but it was kind of weird to you know literally get in trouble like almost the first time you get drunk and to think that maybe. Uh, you know, maybe if I was a normal person, maybe I'd think it was a good idea not to do that again. And uh, it just didn't work out that way. But, uh, you know, so I, I you know, I ch- cheated my way through high school. I, I did learn some valuable lessons, you know, now that I'm sober. I think it's actually harder to cheat the classes than it is to just study. I mean, I had to put extreme amounts of work, you know, stealing tests and, and I mean, just just crazy stuff it, recording this thing on the on the i, I had like a, one of those compact disc cd players so that's about the type uh that was about when i was growing up you know in the early 2000s and i had uh, all these answers recorded onto the cd the only problem is the track was only a minute and a half long so it really looked pretty bad you know as i'm filling out these things just like i mean they must have thought i was really smart or something you know and it, it's just it's just crazy that I even passed and, you know, I doing a lot of drinking at school, leaving school to go get drunk and uh, managed to make it and go to college. And, uh, you know, that's where I started getting some, some really, you know, they had already, I was already borderline alcoholic. And then of course, you know, just like the first time I got drunk, the first time I get drunk in college, somebody drinks too much and I almost get in trouble. But, um, you know, they gave me all these warning signs, you know, like this is what's going to happen. You're going to you're gonna start losing stuff. You're going to keep uh, getting in trouble. You know, you're going to start getting sick and feeling physical effects from your disease. And I didn't believe any of this stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the, the more and more it went on, the more and more all that stuff came true. It was like, it was like, it was like they had a crystal ball. It's like they've seen alcoholics before. is madness. And so... Eventually, I kind of, I kind of get screwed up. I get kicked out of college. You know, I, I like to say I dropped out, but there, there was a, there, there was a meeting with the dean, and he said that I wasn't allowed to come back. So, you know, I, I got kicked out, and, um, and I started going to treatment centers, and uh, I, but I didn't actually want to stop drinking. I wanted all the, and and you know, doing drugs, but I wanted all the all the the fame and success from doing that from my family you know and i wanted to be able to keep my job and all that but i didn't actually ever want to get clean and it's it's just that that cycle just that's that's what happened you know i i'd I'd get sober for a month go to treatment come back out and just repeat it over and over and over again i like that i was uh i'm a big uh like football fan so i was thinking it's like I was playing a football game every weekend, and every weekend I'm getting blown out like 60 to zero by the fourth quarter. And with the last two minutes, I score a touchdown. And after the game, you asked me how was it, and I think you know it was it wasn't so bad. You know, I scored that touchdown. It, it did okay. 
and by the next week I already forgot that I lost the game and it was just it was just like that I couldn't could never remember all all the bad times and I'd always keep uh, I'd always keep fighting this thing in and never really just never really uh, just kept doing it and in the end I think I went to 10 inpatient treatment centers one and a half times as many detoxes just I always thought one day I'd wake up and then I'd want to be sober and um, waking up each morning I think uh, I finally realized that probably wasn't going to happen so <laughs> I tried all these different things I tried all these different things but one day um, you know I, mo- I moved to a new town I get the same I get the same stuff in a different town you know as long as I stay away from the drugs I'll be all right well, you know, next thing that happens, somebody actually offer, you know, just offers it to me. I'd spent my whole life looking for this stuff, and hardly ever do I just get. I mean, people would. I'd try to get clean, and people would just pull up on the street and ask me if I wanted to buy something. It was the weirdest thing, you know. And I had I had no defense against it. Thought I'd be all right if I just got a job and just uh, would only drink beer on the weekends or whatever. And it just it just never never worked out. You know, there, there's a lot of other crazy crazy stuff that I probably won't share on the radio but if you ever see me around I'll, I'll let you know but uh I was, I was pretty I was pretty wrecked up I was the I was the homeless guy on the side of the street with a sign and um you know I learned some things you know it's like uh there's, there's some really nice people out there that'll help you out when you're really down and there's uh there's some people that uh that just kind of don't see you and they're, they're, that's cool too you know and then there's some people out there that are just really big jerks and <laughs> it's kind of the same way it is today it, it, it you know there's some really great people out there some great people that help me there's there's just normal everyday people and then uh, now that i'm sober i gotta also learn how to deal with the jerks you know because i can uh, you never know who you're gonna be Say say you're really into flipping people off while you're driving. You never know who who that guy is. You know whether he's having a bad day. Well, you know whether he has a gun. You know, and it's like what what type of person do I want to be today? You know, I got a I get a little bit of a say in that. And um, you know, like recovery is kind of like uh, life. So it's like uh, you know I, I I get recovery and I get to be able to live my life and I you know I just it, it, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's very exciting, but you know I just I just try to go to work and be be a good employee. I uh, I try to just hang out with my friends when I get time. You know I try to try to I called my grandma on her 90th birthday party. I probably wouldn't have even known that it was her 90th day birthday party. You know just just little stuff and. Um, you know when there's snow shovel the snow it's it's not that big of a deal it's not it's nothing out of the ordinary i'm not the only one a couple things that help me get by on the day to day so like i said i'm a a big sports fan and i'm watching basketball the other day and uh, i hear this uh heard this great quote this that kind of makes sense to me and it's called uh it says don't worry about the mules load the wagon and that's that's the kind of stuff that helps me out through the day to day because you have all this all you know all these things in the world that I can't control you know so it's like it's that's what that's saying it's saying you know don't don't worry about the meals don't worry about any of that other other crap you know I can't I can't control the government I can't control other people focus on loading the wagon you know what what's in front of me right now what do I got to do and that that's different each day and that what i really like about recovery is that i'm not uh, i'm not stuck doing one thing part of part of living life is 
learning from your lessons. I was never any good at that before. To various degrees, good at it today. It depends on the day, you know. But the, the goal is that when I make a mistake, I can learn from it instead of just piling them on. And uh, that's just basically all I used to do. So kind of a fun deal, really. You know, I got got into golfing. and You know, I never thought, you know, I'd go from a guy in a tent listening to the radio to going golfing on the weekends and i'm getting married and that's crazy because i never thought that was going to be a thing and then the uh, you know people are like you know all these different things in life are going to hit you it's like well i realized i hadn't been to a wedding in 10 years i have no idea how to do any of this stuff and all of a sudden there's like 90 people that are going to be coming and it's like i didn't even know that 90 people knew i existed (laughs) that was the craziest part it's it, it deals with its own own stressful stuff but it's 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 gonna be really fun to see everybody and uh you know we're gonna have we're gonna have all ranges of people it's kind of exciting yeah yeah people that drink people that don't drink it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good thing but um i never i never thought in a million years i'd be standing here even just it's just it's just crazy being in in the recovery center because you know i remember coming in here right before i got sober and then there, there's um there's some stuff reminds me of how crazy my life was you know like there's there's just things that i don't think about and uh i got in trouble a long time ago and i i honestly forgot until i applied for this house that i had a criminal record you know because it's just it's just not part of my life i'm not uh i'm not worried about the six-pack i need to buy on the way home from work which makes the trip home from work more enjoyable i'm not really rushing anywhere um i'm not i'm not worried that if i don't have this this thing or whatever that i'm gonna be i'm gonna get sick you know it makes it so i don't break any laws you know i when i drive my car i mean it seems like pretty simple stuff but i don't get pulled over or if i do get pulled over it doesn't matter (laughs) it was kind of funny though sometimes i'd black out while i was doing this stuff and then so when I got pulled over for the first time in recovery, I was like, oh, I guess it's uh, my friend's like, what's up? And I was like, well, I guess we're going to find out if I got any warrants. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just uh, it was just, it was just crazy. So it's all, all these different experiences, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think that it could happen. And that's why what, what I like about recovery is that it's, it's open to anybody who really wants it. And, uh, you know, I can see some people in their addiction and it's, it's, it's sometimes it sucks cause you got to see them go through it and there's not a whole lot I can really do, mm-hmm. but if they want to get sober then we can stay sober together. Like I, there, you know, I'm, I'm always reminded that, you know, not only am I powerless to change other people, especially when it comes to addiction, drugs and alcohol, I can't make anybody do anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not the reason they're going to quit, but. I can help them along their journey if they want, and that's that's kind of cool. I was always wondering, you know, what, where I where I fit being a, a drug addict and an alcoholic. And uh, what I found is that you know, in this today's age, that there's there's a lot lot of me out there, and I got uh, my my story is not original. It's it's my story, but I've heard it from other people, you know, and it h- helps me to just remind me of the similarities not the differences that was probably that was probably one of the biggest things wow that's a lot to digest there my friend (laughs) but uh yeah i know if yeah if if we had three hours we could probably do the whole thing but yeah i totally get that uh and a lot of what you're talking about 
Um, why don't we take a break, listen to a little music here, and then we'll come back, and uh, Denise and I will grill you mercilessly um, <laughs> about uh, a little bit more Johnny about Johnny likes your to be diver. funny, so. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to KRFP 90.3 on your FM dial, the coolest station in the nation. Welcome back to Recovery Radio on KRFP. I'm Radio Johnny. She's Denise, and we're in the storeroom uh, studio with Corey, our guest today. And Corey is a man in recovery uh, from addiction, and we uh, 
has some questions for him. Interesting listening to you talk. But uh, Denise had uh, a mm-hmm. little question she'd like to yeah. ask. Corey, I was wondering if you would share with us what led you into recovery. It's a good question because it's like, where, 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 where do you stop? You know, like I said, I went to 10, 10 different treatment centers just hoping that maybe that would spark it. You know, 15 detoxes, hoping that would spark it. Uh, breaking up with the girlfriend, hoping that would spark it. New jobs, new places to live, and nothing ever ever sparked it. You know, um, a couple years ago, Tom Brady, about, about this time, probably four or five years ago, I have to look at the the date, but uh, I, I believe the Eagles beat him in the Super Bowl, and I think it, maybe it was the year before. And uh, but he was he was in the Super Bowl, and I was in the hospital, and I told the hospital people that I was dying. They said that I was killing myself, and there's nothing they could really do for me. I didn't have any insurance. They didn't want me here. Um, you know, they, 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 they probably didn't realize how messed up I really was. And I probably didn't tell them, you know, they were the, t- I was the type of person they'd ask you, who did, what's the last time you did, did this, you know? And I'd be like, oh, you know, eight hours ago when the real answer was 30 minutes ago. I don't know why I just couldn't tell the truth. And I, w- I went to bed that night and I didn't think I was going to wake up. And then I thought I was good to go. And the problem is that two weeks later, I was just as drunk and just as lit up on the other stuff. And that's just how it was. And then I realized I needed to do something different. And, um, you know, I had tried a bunch of different stuff. And that's when I decided to, you know, a bunch of suggestions had been made in the past, either by the judge or treatment centers, was to go, you know, find something that was going to work for me, whether that be church, AA, and a basically anything maybe maybe just stop i don't know if that's how addiction works for anybody else but it it wasn't going to work for me and i just decided to try one of these things that they had suggested and uh just you know having an open mind about it you know and trying something different because all i knew is that i knew how to get drunk but i didn't know how to get sober and stay sober so you know they asked me if i could stay sober for a year I knew that was impossible, you know, but they also wanted to see if I could go do some controlled drinking. <laughs> right. That was impossible. You know what I mean? I knew, I knew what that was going to turn out like. And, and I just, um, I think it was just wait, waking up that morning, realizing that there was nothing. And I know I talked about a football game a couple uh, minutes ago, and I basically had to just stop playing the game. And that, that sounds really easy. And, but what I had to do is find, that other people had done the same thing that could help me out that had already quit. But I also had to stop going back to it. You know, they always say, stay away from that first one. And that the reason that's important is because, you know, once I start that game, I got to finish it. I'm, I'm stuck playing, you know, till the end, whatever that turns out to be jail, hospital, or just in my apartment alone, you know, it didn't really matter. And um, so I had to stop playing, you know, I, I like to say I, I retired, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I could always play alcohol again, if I really wanted to, I could always do these drugs. But, you know, the, that I used to not have the, the choice, but I have the choice now. And it's because it's because of, of other people, essentially, um, and whatever, you know, I, a lot of people, you know, they'll talk about higher power, whatever, um, what, whatever works out there for me happened to, you know, 
I probably put these people in my life at some point, but this time I actually did something different. So that's, I don't know what really sparked it. You know, I'd probably felt worse mm-hmm. at earlier times in my life, but that just happened to be the one. And, uh, and I never quit, you know, you can, you know, I asked, I asked this guy that's pretty close to me, like, what, what was the difference between this time and last time? And he said, you didn't give up. Yeah. I have this question. I had a similar, just I call it a moment of clarity, where, uh, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and realized that there wasn't enough booze left in the bottle to get me through to when the liquor store opened. And I, I finally took a real serious, honest look at myself and where I was and went, I can't live like this anymore. Not only did I not want to, I think I knew deep down inside that it really was killing me and that I really probably didn't have too much time left. And I had made lots of decisions to quit before, but never took any action. And so just taking the action of not picking up the drink mm-hmm. was the first thing I did, you know, after I had that realization in my mind. So I totally get that, you know, what what was it exactly? Well, it was just a realization that I can't do this anymore. And I think that's it for a lot of people, even people who like were in your situation, Denise, mm-hmm. where where you got locked up and mm-hmm. physically could not physically could not and and got reading an na book and realized i was an addict go figure didn't know i was an addict that whole like 10 12 years talk about denial dude (laughs) yeah and you know and i'd heard about the program that i wanted up entering into and so here we go finally some answers yeah absolutely Corey. you brought uh you brought up something uh, uh that that really uh turned turned on the alarm bells in my head you talked about early on uh you know cheating the system and uh, how much work it was to uh cheat as opposed to actually doing the work and getting by with it and the reason it rang a bell with me is this for some reason the last few days i was reflecting back on my years in high school and i don't know if i've just blocked this out for years or what but I never cracked a book in high school. I don't know how I graduated. You were like I was able to I was able to pay attention like you know, we we had a, a, a the structure of the high school I went to was very much like a college. You had a lecture group, you know, on any given, you know, discipline uh, with the exception of math and the hard sciences, but you know, English, history, all all those other ones, uh, social studies. You had a large lecture class and then two small group classes during the week well for somehow i was able to absorb enough in those lecture classes to get by on the test i was not an a student until i got into the uh, the electronics class that they started up you know i just snaked by and it was it was like incredibly hard just because i didn't want to open the books and read the books and then later on in life uh, yeah, dealing with my addiction, same thing. The amount of, of lying I had to do, just the lying, and keeping track of the lies, and who did I tell what lie to, absolutely exhausting. Couldn't I, and, and I wasn't any good at it. Mm-hmm. I tried. I thought I was good at it for a while, but you know, eventually it catches up with you. 
you know. Too many decades, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sheepers. I'm, I'm excited about something else that you talked about. You talked about not having, you know, that you, you can't control anybody else. I used to be so exhausted trying to, like, help everybody and fix everybody and all these things. And, you know, it's just all up to me. And, oh, you know, so I'm just excited to the fact that, you know, I'm just in, uh, I can control myself and my reactions. And I don't have to save the world. That is so great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my saving the world is in a, in a totally different way these days. So. That's right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I heard of a book by a, a, a fellow who's a, a opinion guy on television. The name of his book is How I Saved the World. And basically, the book is about how he got his act together. Right. That's all you can do. So he saved the world from himself. And, right. you know, I think that's a lot about what you talked about, Corey, you know, because you went from. Uh, you know, being the guy on the street that was totally dependent on the the kindness of other people and also the victim of, of scorn for a lot of people, that you've transformed that into, hey, maybe we should go shovel somebody's driveway. I know an older lady that probably needs some help with this. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear this a lot in recovery, one day at a time. And what mm-hmm. I like about that is this, it's not that far-fetched of an idea for an addict or an alcoholic like me or anybody else it's like man when i spent my last dollar on something else that wasn't even you know basically poison for me mm-hmm. and didn't care where i was getting the next one that's living like one day at a time mm-hmm. you know so it's like it, and it's not not making it too complicated and that this is the easier you know they say it's the easier softer way it is it is a lot easier and uh Man, there's something great about that story that you just told me. Um, I was I was watching the news the other day because sometimes you get reminded of your past in weird ways, you know. Get a little perspective, you know. It happens around holidays, and uh, so I'm watching TV, and that somebody had, you know, spray painted some nasty stuff on the CWU library, and I looked at my girlfriend, and I, I said, you know, I went to school there for five years, and I can't tell you where that building is. I can tell you where 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 all the parties were at. I can tell you where uh, where I almost got kicked out of college. I can show you where I used to work. I can show you all this other stuff, but I couldn't tell you where the library was. And I, I didn't fail out right. until the fifth year, you know. And it, and it was it was so much easier. And you know, I'm kind, I'm kind of one of those rebel guys. I kind of like getting back at the system. Something uh-huh. I had to kind of learn to deal with, you know. At, Kind of have to pay taxes now, you know. I have, I have a real right. job, you know. Follow, you know, tabs for my car. It's just, it's it's kind of frustrating, but it is a lot easier than having to. Part part of me still thinks about how it was pretty cool to go do that back in high school. But to, if I'm being honest with myself, you know what I mean? Because I thought I was pretty slick back in the day. If sure. to be honest, it was it was so much more work. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it always is. And I, I like how you brought up the idea of that one day at a time. You know, mm-hmm. when when I first got sober, it wasn't one day at a time. It was oh my gosh, minute minutes. to minute. Yeah, sometimes um, it's just like a minute. Because yeah. that liquor store in my head just kept saying, "Come on, man, this this is too hard. You mm-hmm. can you can." And there's so many got emotions. A great way to deal with it. Just come on down mm-hmm. and just you know pick up. A little something. Mm-hmm. It, you're, it's like you're dealing with life without that, and there's so many new emotions that you could just barely even handle. You've got to get used to living without it. 
and it gets easier as time rolls on. Right. But yeah, it could be like a minute, could be hard. I probably li- lived my whole life maybe crying at like five movies tops. And since <laughs> I've been recovery in recovery, I think I can I can make it up to at least ten. But right before that, it's just weird stuff that happens on a weird. It, I, I watched this movie Casper the Friendly Ghost, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I just got older or what. You know, if, if, but I mean that movie just wrecked me. <laughs> See, it's emotions. All the emotions like, are starting oh, to come so out. Sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are parts of Casper that are sad. There are. It's like, oh man, yeah. They make him into a real guy and then take it right back. <laughs> right. They're like, what in the world are you guys doing? Yeah. Well, when both my both my parents passed away, I was uh, that was actually when mm-hmm. I was probably in the deepest part of my uh, drinking and and coincidental depression uh, that goes along with it. Because usually those things are hand in hand, or at least in my case, they were. And, yeah, I grieved uh, for my parents' passing. We were reasonably close. And I actually grieved more out loud, more openly, uh, when my two little dogs passed a couple of years ago. And uh, it pops into my mind every once in a while, usually when I'm trying to go to sleep. And uh, last night, you know, and I started getting teared up. And, but that never happened with my parents, not can, on that level. You can feel all the feelings now. Exactly. That's where so the, the uh, they say uh, you're going to be able. You're, you're you come into a program. My program was AA. I came into the program. Somebody said, you know, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel pain better. You're going to feel sorrow better. You're going to feel things and emotions better, and it's going to suck. But we're going to show you how to deal with it. We're going to give you a plan for living. And uh, that's why, for me, that 12-step program worked really good. And most of them do, really, if you're willing to work it. I mean, what's that old saying? It works if you work it. Some of you will hear that in meetings. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. (laughs) Kiss. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. It it works if you work it. And I always always hear a great one called... um, uh, keep coming back because I was I was pretty wrecked up. I, I was, didn't really think people wanted me around. I was like, "You sure?" And uh, but what I've what I've also heard is you, you don't always hear this at the meeting or whatever. And uh, but just keep coming back if you make it because you know it is it is it's it's fun it's fun to joke about some of the, the crazy stuff that happened back in the day. But uh, I mean, it's a real. It really is a life or death type. I think for like for like meetings and stuff like that, the people have been there for a while. I think that that helps inspire people that are new. Yeah. And I think the newcomer helps remind the person who's been in for a while why it is you know that they want to stay in recovery because they remember that stuff. It's super helpful. Yeah, and it, it's it just just the, just that little stuff. Uh, my, one of my favorite ones is I don't even think it's owned by anybody, but it's the, this too shall pass. And I got to remember that when times are good. And I got to remember that when times are bad, because there's one one thing that's always the same in the world is things are going to change. My situation is going to be different. You know, if I'm feeling down, you know, I'm probably not going to be feeling down for the rest of all time. And when I'm but it also, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, my my baseball team is going to win <laughs> the, the world. world. That that would be a pretty amazing accomplishment. But uh, and, and sometimes I just got to be OK with it it's not always going to be this good either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, that's just one of the things, you know, this part of living life, you know, I don't get a, just blot that all away. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the feeling. Um, I, I need to live in the here and now, but I need to realize that this is not always going to be the here and now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm what I'm dealing with right now because I'm in recovery because I'm sober today. I have the choice in how I'm going to deal with things. Mm-hmm. If uh, if my football team you know tanks out in the middle of the season, it doesn't mean I'm not going to watch them play the rest of the season. It just means well they're not going to the playoffs this year. Just despite what I would like, yeah. despite what my vision of the future would be. And my experience is my vision of the future is only limited to what I'm going to be doing in the future. And uh, if I can affect something positive on that, then great. But uh, I can't predict and or change what's going to happen in Denise's future. Uh, The amount of effect I'm going to have on Corey is going to be minimal, other than, you know, encouraging him to (laughs) maintain his sobriety and uh, tell me some more great stories. Oh, my God, he's got some great stories. Uh, most of them we can't tell on the radio. That's, but that's, okay. that's, that's fair. That's fair. Because okay. they involve a few f bombs, yeah. and but uh, only for punctuation. Right. <laughs> I, I, hopefully, I didn't drop too many. I mean, I I, I used to be. I, I think you did fine. Yeah. Very good. I don't think you dropped any. Good job. It was, it was bound to happen, but. <laughs> well, not that anybody's going to hear. That's right. Because of the magic editing fingers, because we right. are pre-recorded for mm-hmm. this time slot. There was one other thing, if I can think of it. Um, when you were in college and you, you said you told people you dropped out, when the reality is you were asked to leave. I can absolutely relate, not, not to that specific thing, but I can relate to how I used to tell people a much different story than what reality was. I mean, the end product was... And now I don't do that anymore. Or, you know, I used to do this when maybe I dabbled in that, but, you know, I wasn't really proficient. Basically being a hustler, you know, and that's how I look at myself in a lot of ways. Not that all those things are bad. You know, when you go to a job interview and they ask you, uh, do you know this, this, and this? And you go, oh, yeah, piece of cake. And your brain, you're going, man, I'm going to have to hit Google when I get home because I don't know what any of that was. So, you know, our desire to make ourselves seem greater than, yeah. uh, boy, isn't that a tripwire? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the old George Costanza lie. It's, it's, it's not a lie if you believe it. You know, I was <laughs> all, and if I, if I tell the story 50 times in my head, I change it just a little bit, 50 times in a row, and then I almost forget the real story. I There's a great book out there. Oh, sorry. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about, did this actually really happen? The guy's like, parts of it. He's like, but I had to change it for the art of the storytelling, you know? Right. And it's like, uh, so it's like when you, when you start getting sober, you start realizing all these lies you told. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, for a while, it's like, it's like I might have actually believed that. Mm-hmm. I dropped out. It's like no, I, I woke up one day sober and real, you know, kind of remembered how things actually went down. I, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's so crazy. And that's, I mean, one of the beauties of recovery too is the fact that we get to go back and review our life and really 
take a serious look at it. Uh, in AA, mm-hmm. that fourth step, rigorous and searching mm-hmm. moral inventory of Very ourselves. Helpful. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> it, can, it, can yeah. Lead, yeah. it can lead to freedom, so. Well, and that's it. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about, cleaning up your side of the street and, uh, you know, making amends and, and, and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And hopefully not putting yourself in that situation again. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how much. I remember when I was in jail, I felt freer in jail because I didn't have to go search for all this crap the whole time. Like, yeah. I felt freer just be able to wake up, eat food, and play games, and, you know, take a shower. Like, I felt freer than I did when I lived in my tent. And you, you'd think somebody living in a tent would feel pretty free. I could literally do whatever I wanted. Right. Except I was, you know, I didn't have this... You know, my higher power was was drugs and alcohol. Like, I had to do that, and then everything else was just based around that. And it's, it's like, it, it, I like what you said there, freedom. Like, that's that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, that's what recovery is. It's, I mean, I could do whatever I want. But, the pro- you know, I also have to pay for the consequences if, if I decide to screw it up. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, we are about up against the clock here. Do you have anything to add in there at the end, Miss Denise? No, well, I just really appreciate you coming and sharing your story, Corey. We're so glad that you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and on short notice, too. Uh, Corey was filling in for a guest that uh, had some other obligations pop up, so really appreciate that yeah, you could come really in cool. and do Thanks. that. And thanks to you, Denise. Thanks, Johnny. And close with the regular. You know, if you think you have a problem with drugs or alcohol or mental health issues, you do. Spinning wheels.